Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, and we are live all over the world. Once again, hello everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel. And folks, you know uh, I'm not going to give the same startup spiel because everybody knows who I am um, and everybody knows what I do. And tonight, um, I'm going to get right into it because we're constantly we're going to be talking about this horrible subject, and it is a very horrible subject the horrible subject of human trafficking. And um, since the advent of the Internet, the crimes in human trafficking have just tripled. And human trafficking, um, you know what? It's, and we're in the United States, and it's in the United States, and it's going on right before our eyes, and it, it's just awful. And I want to just give everybody an idea of what human trafficking really is. Um, it's actually called the modern-day slave. And then we're going to be talking about a particular case happened in Buffalo about just about six years ago, the case of Amanda Lynn Winkowski, a very important case uh, in relation to this. Um, but human trafficking, it, it is the trade in humans most commonly for the purpose of sexual slavery, forced labor, or commercial sexual exploitation, or for the trafficker of others. And it may encompass providing a spouse or in the context of forced marriage or the extraction of organs or even tissues, including for surrogacy and over-removal. Human trafficking can occur within a country or transnationally. And human trafficking is a crime against the person because of the violation of the victim's rights um, movement through coercion and because of their commercial exploitation. Human trafficking is a trade in people and does not necessarily involve the movement of the person from one place to another. And incidentally, human trafficking represents an estimated of $31.6 billion uh, of international trade this was the 2010 figure, and it keeps going up every year. And it's thought to be, well, it is one of the fastest-growing activities of the uh, worldwide uh, criminal organizations that we have so far. And um, what I want to do, uh, since we have a number of callers online, I want to get into the a uh, little bit of the Amanda Lynn Winkowski case. Um, and we're going to be talking about the media as well in this case. And then we have some experts on the line who are going to give us the, the renowned information that we have to know about human trafficking. So let's start with the Amanda Lynn Winkowski case, and I want to recap a little bit. If we recall, she went missing December 7, 2008, and her body was discovered in a garbage tote some five weeks later. 
and the last persons to have seen her was a person by the name of Anton Garner and Adam Patterson. Anton Garner, of whom was uh, named the police person of interest. And so she has been believed to have been trafficked by Adam Patterson. And when the body was discovered, an autopsy was done by the uh, by Erie County, and the first autopsy ruled death by drug overdose. And then a second autopsy was ordered by the family by Dr. Caparini. She ruled death by strangulation. And in order right now for this case to move on, the first autopsy must be overturned so that the that the police can investigate. And I, I want to bring, I know our phones are ringing up off the, the uh, lines here. I want to bring on some guests here. Um, okay, caller 716-531. Uh, Leslie, is that you? Yes, it is. Hi, Doreen. Well, welcome to the show, Leslie. How are you? I'm um, good, and thank okay. you for having me. Le- Les- Leslie is the mom of of the, the daughter, Amanda, and um, we also have another caller on the line, okay, uh, caller 678-778, you're on the air. Well, hi, Doreen, it's Katie. Oh. Hi, Katie, okay. Katie uh, O'Malley is uh, with Breitbart.com. Oh, and, well, I'm, um, I'm actually with Progressive today. Progressive today, okay. Yes. Um, okay, Katie, uh, I want to bring this to your attention first. Um, after this particular case happened, uh, it appeared to be in the news that Amanda, the victim, was being, um, should I say, ostracized uh, because they were making her into some things that she really wasn't. And w- why would a media the media do that? Well, I, I think there are several reasons. Um, these days, usually when there is some sort of manipulation of the story, um, it's either to get attention for a story that wouldn't otherwise warrant it, or I think in this case, to try to tap down any potential interest in the case. Uh, I think that the brush that they've tried to paint this with is somehow that this is um, someone who who can be forgotten because she may have placed herself in a dangerous situation. And and the irony is um, what they've tried to do with that angle sort of goes, you know, throws in the face of how the media usually handles uh, cases where um, women, children, and minorities have been abused. So it it speaks to me that um, they there's something about the story they don't want out there. They don't want to have to do the digging, which is is sad that that's where most investigative journalism has landed these days. It's about a narrative and less about finding out the facts and the truth. And um, Leslie, you're on the line, and you know what those news stories said about your daughter. Yes, I do. And, you know, you're the the victim's mom. Um, Hold on, we're getting static in here. When you're the victim's mom, um, how do you handle something like that? Well, you know, 
I what I've tried to do because they've made her out to be such a bad person. I've tried to make it right. Amanda didn't have a record. Amanda wasn't a bad girl. But here they had two statements from the two people of interest, and they that's what they ran with. How could you do that? She's not here to defend herself. She was taken away by monsters. Right. And, and to me, and to me, that suggests that there's something um, unsettling and scary about digging into this story. And it's sort of ironic if you look at some of the other incidents that have been in the news in the last year or so, um, in the last couple years even, where if the media wants you to pay attention to a story, um, they'll pull out older pictures when, when someone is much younger before sort of something happened. And it seems like in this case they did the exact opposite, that they're trying to wash away, um, you know, all 19 years um, and, and, and boil it down to just a, a small period of time. And, and I think that you, you say it best, you're her mom. You know, she she um, may have made some mistakes that put her in a difficult um, situation, but that in no way is the depth and the breadth of her life or who she was. And it seems uh, uncomfortably convenient that that's the approach that the press is taking, which tells me they're afraid of something. What it is, we can theorize. You know, I have an opinion. I'm sure you both have opinions. But there's a reason that, that, that they want to paint this in a way that your average mom-and-pop reader, you know, flipping on the news or, or flipping through their paper, is going to go, oh, well. You know, look at, look at what happened with the Brendan Tublin case here in New Jersey. You know, it was, it was, there were some similar things being done to that. And the only reason that the true story got out is one radio host who's not even an investigative journalist. He just simply has a big platform. Had he not called attention to that story, people would still be thinking the worst of the situation that kid was in. And it was completely false narrative that they were trying to push. So you have to ask yourself, why are they trying to push that narrative? Right. Um, So could it be, Katie, that these journalists are somehow connected with those in power? It could it could be connections yeah. with those in power. Um, you know, uh, reporters um, are often at the mercy of of who they can get stories from and who's going to give them scoops. Sometimes they don't want to burn those bridges by making someone uncomfortable, which is so sad because that's the opposite of what journalism used to be. Um, but it also could be there's very much. Um, a racial narrative out there right now. And and I think that Amanda's case is, is just one, tragically, of many, many examples where um, if, if the victim does not fit the agenda that the media wants to push um, in terms of a minority, um, they, they might not get the same attention. Now, that has been said, you know, in, in the past in the opposite way, but I'm really speaking to the last few years. Um, where I, I just don't think that's the case anymore. Right. So then, uh, so then, it, these people have something to hide, is what it is, right? Um, 
And, you know, there's a number of callers on here, okay? And uh, I do have another one. I'd like to get him in. Caller 646591. Hi, Dwayne. It's Ruben. It's Ruben, okay? Ruben is a private. I'm a private investigator. Yes. What what do you make of this case here? Well, I I, want to expand on what the young lady just mentioned uh, uh, in regards to uh, if there's a cover-up. I mean, if, if there's, you know, you were asking the question if, if there's some maybe, maybe some political influence uh, or someone being protected. I, I truly believe that in today's modern-day journalism world, uh, journalism is totally dead because there's so much, uh, the level of corruption has just expanded to all, all, all the different major Media networks and print net, uh, media networks out there. So I, I, I think in, in, the, in the city of Buffalo, since it's typically a, a, a one-party control city, uh, that and, and, and the individuals that were basically involved seem to have a connection to that political party. I believe that it's very politically uh, would backfire. To a lot of the journalists to to really dig into it, and it probably would ruin their careers. So they don't want to take that chance. So there there's there's probably some sort of uh, of fear, but at the same time some level of corruption involved in protecting those in powers in powers in in the city of Buffalo. I, I agree, and isn't it so, a sad commentary on uh, journalism? Uh, what what has what passes for modern journalism today is that somebody being brave enough to go up against that and to dig through it that used to be what journalists did. I mean that used to be their hallmark. Right. Right. But I I I, I think that this whole human trafficking and 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 I do not want to get away from uh, what we're currently bringing up uh, the conversation we're having right now. But I think human trafficking. It's something that governments need to really, really step up because I think in every aspect they're still fighting from behind. And uh, and again, I I can cover my 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 portion later on, but I think it's important to to deal with the the, the global problem that human trafficking is causing the, uh, our society today. Right, and it is a global problem, and it's only been made worse by the Internet um, because the Internet is all over the world. And, you know, and that, now it's, I mean, I'm telling you, it's so easy to set up a shop, and all you need is a computer and a webcam. And uh, if you really want to trap your victims, this is what these people do. You know, they, they don't trap them, they don't, go out and and, and abduct them, what they do is they, it's like a slow abduction. They entice them, and then they they do what they're going to do with their victim. They'll drug them up, and then they'll take them to a shop uh, where they have a room set up with a computer and a a webcam, and they can do their thing. But it's not not only that way. They, They use them, these slaves all over the world. Um, but anyhow, Ruben, I do want to ask you a question. In, in Leslie's case right now, uh, it's six years out. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, what should she do now? Okay, because she really hasn't gotten justice with the justice system there. Because the police right. cannot investigate because the first autopsy came back as a um, a um, death by drug overdose. Okay. So what what should she do now? And she did well, a second that, that autopsy. Was, yeah. That, one of the things that I mentioned, I think I mentioned to Leslie and, and also to you, is basically you have to go outside the city jurisdiction um, because... If you want to have an investigation, it has to be an independent outside of the city of Buffalo or even the state of New York, because otherwise you're not going you're not going to go nowhere. I mean, they they're just going to basically uh, block you all, all along the way, put obstacles in front of you, and, and you're not going to accomplish anything. That's the reason when I I have tried to put you in contact with uh, Senator Scott Garrett. Uh, is we need someone from the outside, mm-hmm. a senator, uh, so he can basically start the investigation because if, you'll never see anything coming from any official, public officials in the city of Buffalo or even in the state of New, Jer- uh, of New York. Leslie, do you want to ask a question? Um, I certainly do. So what I'd be looking to do right away just try to get a change of venue. Change of venue. I think. I think we w- what we should do is maybe go down. To, I mean, go to Washington D.C. Schedule a meeting with uh, Scott Garrett or one, one of the senators from from uh, from not New York, from New Jersey or from other states, and 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 bring the case to that level. I, I believe okay. that that's one. I think I, I believe that that's one. That, that, sh- that the initial short-term uh, solution should be let's do this first and then see what happens. And then we can start brainstorming what we're going to do after that. Right. Um, now, there's a number of callers on the line here, okay? Uh, I'm going to go to caller 480-634. Can you, you're on the line. Would you like to ask something? Okay. Yeah, hi, this is David. Hey, Leslie, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, David? I'm fine. Uh, the one the person that was a, a big, big supporter of Amanda to try to find out what happened was uh, uh, was uh, my, one of my friends and our friends, uh, Kathy Wetner, and she... They were not going to let her get near close to getting election, elected because she was going to go to the out, outside to the FBI and do exactly what you were talking about. Because as Leslie knows and everybody knows, the, the, the systemic problem in Buffalo and New York is what that's what the problems are. You're not going to get anything done there. And um, what – I think I think you're exactly right. I think you need to take it outside of Buffalo and take it to another place and take the case someplace else. I agree with that 100% because you're not getting anywhere there. Because I, you know, right. uh, uh, Doreen found out how bad it is, and I witnessed it for a while when I was there. And of course, uh, uh, Leslie knows very well how bad Buffalo is. Um, I, I think that's, that's exactly that's the step you need to take. 
And then, how, right. you know, I, I do have a question, though. David, who, I mean, I don't even know where to, who to start with, you know, outside of New York. Well, well I can restart and get in contact with some of the senators that I that I've had interactions in the past in New Jersey, uh, and and some of the senators or uh, congressmen that I know outside of New Jersey. Well, it is it is it is an international national problem. I, I think you yeah. could put Amanda's face on it as example of where how it is, like like Doreen mm-hmm. was talking about. Right. Uh, you know, I think I think you could take you know. But I mean, the whole thing was uh, local politics was big time in play with Amanda's death and the investigation of it, and everybody knows that. I mean, the the person that last saw her was a relative to one of the major Democrats in Buffalo, and everybody knows that. Um, the the city is corrupt beyond belief, uh, from from the mayor all the way up to the governor. Um, and it, it won't change. And uh, you know, I worked, I helped, uh, worked on Kathy Wendler's campaign. That's how me and Les, Leslie got to know each other. And you just there, you just feel the. And a, a couple other friends I was up there with just would just tell me how bad it is. And I, I like to, if you have some contacts in New Jersey or somebody that can take it outside. That's why they did not want Kathy Webner getting elected. She had the biggest radio show in Buffalo for ten years, and she was. Then Leslie can tell me tell about. She was the one that did the uh, uh, private autopsy to get a, to keep the case alive. If it wasn't been for that, the debt that would be totally dead now. You know, they they were trying to push it under the rug big time. So, um, so I, I think that's the only way you're going to get it done. I I I think uh, we also would need to reach out to uh, the gentleman who was the host of America's Most Wanted. He's very John Wall. Yes. Yeah. Wall. And Katie, you uh, mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, are you still I there? The, yeah, I am. I think the biggest challenge, and that that John Walsh is great. Um, there's another show too. Um, cold justice, which deals with um, cold cases. I think the biggest challenge is um, if the police department is not being helpful, and one of those things that has to happen is to have that autopsy overturned. Uh, I think a lot of those other folks will be very interested, um, but it will be very difficult if the police are considering it a closed case. So I think things can be done in tandem, and some of those pressures from people like John Walsh could really help maybe it be revisited. But that autopsy has got to be um, overturned so it can go back to being an active case because then that changes the dynamics of everything. So is is the case a cold case now? Is it a cold case now? No, well, it's not, that's the thing. It's not even a cold case. It's closed. I mean, it's closed. considered closed because their ru- their ruling autopsy-wise is that it was a drug overdose. So okay. that, and, that, then and that's incorrect. And so it has to, the pressure, I think, initially has to be um, that, that they closed it um, under false premise. 
And if that false premise can be overturned, I, I think that, that that makes it easier for politicians. I think that me, makes it easier for media to cover. Uh, and I, I agree, going outside the local angle, um, you know, there's someone on the, at, at the, um, like, district level, district attorney level that handles, you know, that entire area that would be more than just Albany, you know, that might be an angle to go as well because they might not be quite as entrenched as, as a smaller town because they have so much more responsibility. Okay. Yeah, I, I yeah. totally agree. I'm with you 100% on that, but I think, I think one of the problems, one of the obstacles that we will encounter if we go outside of New York, which I just I was thinking about it, because we still have Eric Holder in the new um, Attorney General uh, Lorraine Lynch, who may who will be appointed. Those are two individuals that will put obstacles and will not accomplish. We will not accomplish anything. We gotta we gotta realistically we gotta wait until these individuals leave in two years with Obama. That's that's the reality. Yes, and guys, I want to hold, hold you a minute. I do have another caller on the line seven one six two five five. Hi, hi. Uh, okay, did you want to ask you a question? Yes. Well, I'm I'm Amanda's sister, and I was just listening to you know what was being said, and um, I did reach out to Cold Justice. The thing is with Cold Justice is it has to be the Buffalo Police have to be like willing to, to investigate it with cold justice for them to reach out and, and to work on it. Um, Buffalo has made it, told our family that it's still an, an active investigation, but when we question it, because we'll say, well, if it's an active investigation, how can it be deemed uh, an overdose? And, you know, if it, it has to be a homicide to be investigated, well, Buffalo will say, well, we don't, we still we still are investigating it, but every time we turn around and ask another question, or it's just it's they they just put up walls. They don't even have answers for us. They keep like talking in circles, and but and they're what they tell us is that it's not a closed case. That's all that. Okay, I, so, know, so, they, so they so they're, they're telling us it's not closed. Yeah, they're telling us it's not closed. It's still an investigation, and that's what they don't when we question it because how can you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense when you ask. You know, how can it not be closed? How can it, how can it, you know what I mean? How, if it's, an, it's just an overdose, how, how can it not be closed? Well, you know what I mean? They're trying to make it so no one else can investigate it because when we tried to get the records, you know, when we went to Supreme Court to try and, like, get the get the file and get everything from them, they told us they couldn't re- turn over the files because it's an active investigation. Well, what mm-hmm. are you guys investigating if it's, if it's an overdose? Yeah. Well, right. they, they, they can't, they they can't investigate an accident, but yet they tell us it's an active investigation. No, you told us it's an accident. The police told us they can't investigate an accidental overdose. That they have so to do with yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I just want to uh, remind you guys that um, when we were down there doing the TV interview, and maybe Ruben can answer this, um, we we went to the police station to interview the lead detective on the case, and she had told us to come back Sunday, Sunday night at 4. <laughs> you know, and Ruben, I don't know if that's a common thing for detectives to do that. Mm, you know, it's no, almost... That's, that's not a common thing. It's almost like, well, we don't want to be bothered with you. Well, and has um, have you all... 
ever had anything in writing or is there a way to push for them to give you something in writing that indicates that it's still open and that they're quote-unquote investigating? We went went as uh, far as turning the death certificate to pending, so we couldn't get the records. And and is it still pending? No. No, No, it's an accidental overdose. So we went to Supreme Court and filed for the FOIA so I could get all the records from everybody, the police report. I don't even have a police report. I don't even have Amanda's earrings. I have nothing. And they denied it because they told me it's active. You, so no matter where we go, we're denied. So we're just like stuck in limbo. Well, I, I think they're clearly trying to create that um, administrative bureaucracy that um, you all will tire of the battle and then they will, you know, just be able to close it. So that's the last thing that you can do is, is to come to it. Um, I, I, I think really making that additional media push, and I'm glad you reached out to Cool Justice because I did too, but I, my question to them was, what do you do when you have a police force that isn't like the police forces I see on that TV that are willing to work with you? What if you have someone that's not willing to work with you? Does that person not get justice? They've already been denied justice by their own police departments. So I, I've, I've not heard back yet on that, but, you know, this is this is justice denied at every level. Every level. And, and, we, and we've, got, we've called lawyers and lawyers and lawyers, and half of the lawyers, if they aren't licensed to practice in New York State, because they have to be licensed to practice here to get the change of venue, then we get a roadblock there. Then nobody wants to right. go against Frank Sedita. Frank Sedita said, um, move on with your life. Your daughter, your daughter's death was an accident. There's nothing you can do. That's a letter he sent me. Move on and forget about it. You must move on. It was an accidental overdose. Oh, okay. So my daughter was missing for five weeks, pure nude, in a garbage can, beat up, raped, strangled, and it was an accident. Yeah. So what I did yeah. is I sent her autopsy. I sent Amanda's autopsy throughout the world. I sent it to Albany. I sent it to New York City. I sent it to Las Vegas. I sent her to California, and I sent it to Washington. All five MEs ruled it homicide by strangulation and human trafficking. So I bring it back to Frank Sedita. Frank Sedita said, well, my four MEs say it was an accident. Well, wait a minute. When Amanda went to California and they found the three fingerprints on her neck, you guys told me her neck was perfect. But when she got to California and the fingerprints were there and the doctor cut into the fingerprints to see the bruising, to see that her neck was crushed from the front to the back, you told me, oh, well, she must have did it when she jumped in the garbage can. Um, And you didn't see it? 
told them I sent I sent the autopsy to an ENT, and it's a doctor, another an ear, nose, and throat specialist, and he told me the damage to Amanda's neck. He could only compare it to be get it to be a hockey puck hit right directly in her throat to have that crushing of an injury. And she was alive before she was strangled. Right. And he, that doesn't you sound know, like a drug overdose. Well, see yeah. what I'm saying? And she was beat. Her, her brother identified her. He said, Mom, the whole side of her face was black and blue, and he never saw so much blood in his whole life. They didn't even let me see her because I would have known, but he knew. He said her whole face, the one side, was black and blue. I mean, they beat her. Um, Ruben, when the police discover a body, what what is the general procedure? Because you know this at crime scene. Well, let me let me correct. I'm not an, a detective. I'm a, an inve- a, a private investigator, a, a more on the line of fraud investigator. So, um, but I do have friends who 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 are who have been in the NYPD and and also state troopers, and basically they they go to the scene of the crime and and and, and then they take. Uh, uh, the forensic team come in and take evidence, uh, DNA, and 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 basically analyze the crime scene. Um, I, I, was that was that done? I mean, well, you have all I can on it? Say, we don't know, but I do know, Ruben. In April of '09, I I don't want to give up the name. I was mm-hmm. called in to speak to a police department. Okay, it's one of the authorities. I couldn't understand why they're calling me of April of 09 when they were finished with the case, they told me. So I go to this place to meet them, and we sit down in a room, and they told me that um, I needed to have Amanda exhumed to learn the truth about what happened to Amanda. I'm in shock. I don't understand, and he told me she was murdered. And someone came in the room, in the medical examiner's room, and said, this is an accident. Everybody needs to leave. And who was that person? It was one of the authorities. And okay. they, Oh, no, he would not tell me. The authority would not tell me who the person was that told everybody, we're ruling this an accident, and that's it. Everybody go home. Huh. There you go. Yeah. And um, I say I even saving... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, okay. No, no, sorry. Call us 740-373. You're on the line. Would you like to ask a question? Yeah. How are you? I'm fine. Go ahead. Um, I, ju- I just find that... Um, all of the interest that's going on in this is sort of irrelevant as opposed to what's really happening, you know? Okay. Well, what do you want to ask, Joe? 
Um, first of all, I'd like to thank you for. First of all, I'd like to thank you for um, your acceptance of my article on um, Benghazi, and then uh, I do have pen on paper on Common Core coming up for you. Hopefully, okay, so Saturday. Per ask, uh, yes, um, per ask, please ask a question in relation to the case. We're talking about human trafficking. Well, I, I think human trafficking is a very horrific thing that is basically on the female gender. And um, I don't think it's identified, especially because of the Asian culture. Do you understand what I mean by that? The Asians uh, okay. and, and people like that don't, allow uh, women to drive cars or, you know, the same rights as things like that. Okay, What's your Ruben, take do you on want that? To take that? Okay, thank you, sir. Ruben, do you want to take that one, that point? In regards to... About the Asian culture, how they don't but, let women drive cars? Yeah, I mean, um, in the Middle Eastern countries, I mean... Uh, in, Specifically, the Arab countries—they—they they, basically women do not have any rights. Uh, they're totally uh, slaves to their masters, their husbands. Um, but um, the human trafficking—there uh, is a, a great number of uh, human trafficking coming from from China, from Asia, uh, and also from the rest of uh, you know Eastern Europe and Latin America. And the prime destinations are the United States and Western Europe. And that's where uh, they entice these young ladies from uh, from the countryside, from the rural side, the poor areas, with positions of, you know, to become a model or, or, or domestic work. And then they get pushed into prostitution. And one of the biggest cities for human trafficking it's it's called Ciudad de Este, which is uh, the eastern city in Paraguay. That's the central hub of human trafficking towards the United States. That's where basically girls as young as six and seven, and the government is very corrupt. I mean, they're they're trying to to curb some of the trafficking, but that is the hub of international trafficking in the Americas. And what's the name of that city again? It's in Spanish. It's called Ciudad de Este, which in English you translate it the, the the city of the east. It's in Paraguay. I, I don't want to say I you know I would make it a little joke and pun, but New York City because we have a huge trafficking ring over here. But I know that's not it. Um, and so what do they do over there? They uh, they um, have. Can you explain well, how they trap their victims? Basically, they, they go to the rural areas of the countryside, and these underworld organizations, uh, criminal organizations, basically <coughs> propose uh, ventures to, tra- to travel to the United States to work or to, to Western Europe. And then when they get here, they're totally, you know, 
put in, in, into brothels or, and, 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 and they become sex slaves. Uh, now, what they do is also they, 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 they basically tell their families, if we give you a certain amount of money, daughters, and she leaves or, or, or she quits, then you have to pay back the, the debt because we're not, you know, we're, we're taking her to Europe or the U.S. for her to work for us. But if she doesn't accomplish our goals, then she pays for her life or, or, or they pay. So it's, it's basically, it's, it's a cartel of trafficking uh, young women. So, so then that's a major route into this uh, thing. Correct. The, yeah, it's basically uh, the source, uh, the hub uh, of uh, in, of trafficking women to the United States. Could the government stop this? Yes, but. Most of the governments in, in, in South America and in other countries are they tend to be very corrupt, uh, and they so um, they could be involved. They, they could be involved, yeah. But the the one thing that we do know today is that that city in Paraguay, which is on the uh, on the southern part of uh, of um, South America, it's basically the central hub for trafficking. Oh. Wow. So, would it say about how many people get trafficked a year through there? Well, according to the Paraguayans, uh, 85% of trafficking in Paraguay is for sexual exploitation. 85%. Okay. Um, and so, and seventy yeah seventy percent that that are being trafficked are are females. Okay. So uh, then then you have a, a smaller percentage that is labor exploitation, uh, you know, domestic slavery, you know, domestic workers. Um, but you know, it's, uh, Paraguay of all the countries in South America, it's, it's one of the poorest countries. So I can see that, and then Paraguay is situated right between two, you you know, very big countries, which is Argentina and Brazil. Brazil is a country of 150 million people. Argentina is about 50 million people. So you you have you have areas where they 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 can also go, especially like last year when they had the World Cup, and then you have all these uh, tourists from all these countries. They take they bring these girls from Paraguay into into Brazil, like just like they're going to do next year when there's the Olympics. A lot of foreigners are coming into Brazil for the Olympics, the Summer Olympics, and you'll see the exploitation. I was in Brazil, I was in Brazil twice, uh, and I witnessed with my own eyes in places because uh, I'm very passionate about this, and I saw young girls in places that they should not be. Okay. You know. But they want to, uh, being a young girl, so, and I'm going to tell you this, you know, young girls are adventurous, Ruben. <laughs> you know, and they want to test their uh, parents a little bit. 
Uh, but you're right. They do have to have common sense. But mm-hmm. now suppose I'm a trafficker, okay? Um, I, I always call this a slow abduction. Um, but what are some of the ways that you know of that they lure their victims? Is it always like a boyfriend? Well, they play a boyfriend yeah. to the girl? or? Well, I, I, I can give you examples uh, in, in, like in Colombia. You know, I mean, I have family in Colombia. And they uh, they have told me that they'll they'll go to the countryside, and, and a lot of these girls have not even a, a, a grammar school education, and you know they they like they see that they they want to have they want to enjoy the best things in life, and some underworld cartel trafficker says, you know, we we we. We pres- we want to take you because you look like a model and you can do great work in the United States. And the girl just e- eats that up and becomes, you know, easily brainwashed. And the next thing, she's on a flight from from South America to the United States by herself. She doesn't know anyone in the country. And then she becomes she becomes a prisoner, a slave to these cartels. Which are basically interconnected, interconnected. I mean, they just don't do human trafficking. They do drugs. They do arms. You know, they sell weapons. You know, it's it's a very very powerful uh, group that that are are managing and controlling this human trafficking. So, so then we, now we have this problem here, and. Um, have connected it to the internet, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I we cannot give you stats on the internet. I mean, we have researched how many of the bad sites have come up on the internet, um, and so many different figures. You know, some have said thirteen percent of the internet is for the bad sites. You know, this that, but um, I can tell you from having my own website how easy it is to set up shop and film just with a webcam because we don't do the bad stuff, but, but we film, um, you know, we film our representatives and it is that easy to put them up on, on a website and, you know, and so my next question and, you know, maybe Ruben can answer this is, what about the internet? What are we going to do with all this on the internet? Well, you know, uh, the, the government and, and the president are trying to in, in, introduce net neutrality, and, and basically, which that, which that, in my in my mind, that means control over the internet, having the government take control of the internet. Uh, I, I think that that, in in one way, that would be beneficial. You know. In, in getting some of these people, uh, getting rid of getting rid of, uh, of some of these criminals that are, are doing this on the internet, but on the other hand, it basically attacks, you know, our rights. You know, some you know somewhat some some privacy uh, or you know freedom of expression. But I, I think this this problem of human trafficking has to be taken. Into into uh, has to be a consortium of of countries and 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 the world coming together to combat this. 
because this is, yes, the Internet is one part of it, but you've got to control the borders. Like in the summer, when we, we, we were listening to the media uh, about the, the, the migrants, the uh, undocumented illegals coming through, and people didn't realize that a lot of those individuals that were being uh, sneaking or into the country were being trafficking. You know, they were they were being pushed, you know, into into different into either selling drugs or prostitution. So that that was one part of human trafficking that we were allowing people to come in here. So if the government is not stopping that, then we're in trouble. You know. Uh, so it needs the cooperation and 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 and, and like they say in Spanish, the cojones to to really uh, basically take this challenge of of protecting the borders because over eight hundred thousand people are trafficked across the borders each year around the world. Oh, so uh, yeah, um, so. so so it's it's it's, it's a, you know it's, we're we're in a dire situation here, and and it needs to be uh, the focus has I mean it has to be refocused on attacking the border issue. That's one thing, and also not just the border, but also the individuals that are coming and flying into the country because a lot most of the people who are, who are here undocumented and illegal come through our airports and our ports. So we, it's a three-phase uh, uh, attack, border, airports, and ports in order to, I'm sorry? Right. Um, okay, caller 740, you're on the line. Yeah, um, I, I, I really like what you're saying, but until we get to our congressional and our senators, representatives, and we get them to understand, you know, what what open borders mean. We're not going to get we're not going to get an answer to this. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely impossible. These people are coming in, and, and we have no control over them. Right, right. I I, I agree with you, but I'm saying most people did did not people that I've spoken to, they did not correlate human trafficking with open borders and people, you know, they don't see that, but that's how 800,000 people are trafficked across borters around the world because, Absolutely. you know, it's yeah. slavery. So, can we, we believe Amanda was trafficked. We, we absolutely 110% believe that they used her to traffic her. Obviously, for five weeks missing. So do we make her the poster person and we put it out there and we let the world know? Like, this can happen anywhere, anywhere. We uh, we live in the suburbs outside of Buffalo. Amanda was brought into the inner city and just um, forgot about, for, just forgot about for five weeks. I would say that this is a very unfortunate thing that happened. Um, I hate to see this happen in foreign countries. Um, it's, to me, more propaganda. and I, I don't know how to explain it. Obviously, 
she's a great American, and her family doesn't need to go through this. But on the other hand, um, I don't know how to say this softly. You know, when you when you put your heart forward to American humanity, which Americans are very humane people, and uh, I mean giving, it's unbelievable. Uh, so I don't understand, you know, why barbaric people like that take a life like that. It's propaganda to me. I I, I don't get it. Do you understand what I'm trying to yeah. push here? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's just unbelievable that these people are just so hell bent on twisting what any kind of religion is, no matter whether it's Muslim or Christian. They just twist it. Yes, but I'm okay, sorry, that's on my on opinion. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I also I think want to bring I, up. I, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, I, I think that. I think there's another source that we can use, and 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 I think we, we can try. And he may be able to be because he 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 has a name recognition. I mean, Doctor Phil. We can get Doctor Phil uh, this information, and he, hopefully he can. You know, I think he's a compassion man, uh, very compassionate. He can take on uh, and 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 basically give the opportunity to Leslie and her family to basically show to you know the national public what has happened what happened to Amanda. So I think that's another outlet, Doctor Phil. Yes, um, and also uh, I want to bring to your attention um, about a year ago. In New Jersey, we had the Super Bowl here. Um, yeah. The Super Bowl, in, by in, in no means, is any um, thing to human trafficking. However, uh, because it's, it's a fun game. However, um, there have been studies shown out there saying that the um, uh, every time there's a Super Bowl, human trafficking has increased. And last year in New Jersey, our governor arrested. They arrested some 18 people over here. Um, and, you know, it's just interesting how some events, and Ruben, I think you had mentioned that some national events and world events sort of increase this stuff. Um, so, uh, and in reference to Amanda's uh, case, um, we have surrogate court, uh, and I'm going to ask this to Le- Leslie, um, uh, it's, okay, At the, uh, the surrogate court gave a POA to Leslie White. Okay, this is a comment coming from somebody. Um, while Beryl Gorman asked, was asking for evidence, at the same time, Frank Sabita stated there was non-investigation. Um, so maybe Leslie can comment on that. I'm sorry I didn't hear you, Toreen. Okay, the Seargut Court gave a POA to you while fellow Gorman was asking for evidence, and at the same time, Frank Sabitas stated it was a non-investigation. 
but evidence was well, being requested by the city of Dalo to be transferred from Niagara County. Correct, correct. And Frank Sabita said that there wasn't enough evidence. All the I's weren't dotted and the T's weren't crossed, so he wasn't even going to hear anything about Amanda. So pretty much saying that this isn't a rock-solid case. So because we can't, we don't have 100%, I'm not even going to try it. I don't even want to wow. hear about it. So that's so that was his take on it. And, and um, so the city of Buffalo... Um, uh, didn't want they wanted a change of venue then or no we actually started in Niagara County and the city of Buffalo came to Niagara County and they wanted to change of venue back to Erie County well of course because it was in their best interest that they didn't want this to go anywhere So Niagara County said they didn't want to waste taxpayer dollars and the city officials. So because she was found in in Erie County, we're going to try. We're going to do something in Erie County, which they never planned on doing. Okay, so so Buffalo. uh, Okay. So Buffalo wanted evidence for the trial that never happened. Absolutely. Now, did you contact a legislator over there? Because if I remember this case correctly, um, Amanda's body was moved, correct? Well, of course, it had to have been. And so did you you contacted a, a legislator over there to implement the bill, right? Right, S bill one five nine zero. Okay, and that said that uh, body. Uh, okay, what was the, what was the logistics of the bill? It said that the body should not be moved or intent to commit a to cover up intent to tamper with a body to cover up a crime. And it's been imagine in. that. Imagine that. They had to make a bill for that. And it still hasn't passed. Wow. It passes and, had a, and when it gets when it gets to the codes, they don't approve it. So this is the fourth year. And now that Mark Rosani had passed it through Senate three years in a row and now he was not voted in. Now we have to start all over with Mr. Mark Penapino, who is the new senator. Oh, my. So, uh, Ruben, can you imagine that? They had to make a bill that said you can't move a body. Um, And to cover up a crime. Yeah. And Kayla, you're with us? Go ahead, Ruben. You yep. first. Yep, I am. 
Go ahead, Ruben. You you first. I know you were saying that. I, 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 again, as I stated in the beginning, I, I just don't see how um, Leslie and her family are going to be able to get anything done relying on Buffalo and or legislators or public officials or even the state of, of New York. Uh, we You have to go outside of that boundary. Otherwise, nothing's going to happen. Um, they're just going to keep blocking and, 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 you know, wasting time so you can basically forget about it and get so tired and exhausted. So I, I think the approach should be let's try and see if maybe Dr. Phil or uh, uh, making Amanda uh, the poster girl for human trafficking, uh, trying to see if we can get uh, America Most Wanted, trying to get individuals or organizations that, that, that are going to focus on making uh, Amanda the poster child for human trafficking here in the U.S. That's how I look. That's how I look at it. Uh, Katie, you want to weigh in? Uh, yeah, Katie, I am, are you still I, there? Yep, yep, I'm still here. Um, yes, I, I absolutely agree um, with what Ruben said, and, and I think, I mean, I can't imagine how frustrating this must be um, for the family to hit so many brick walls. Um, but I, you know, they say, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Um, so I think that there are some things um, that can be changed or can be pushed, and I think that there can be a domino effect um, after that happens. I, I, I don't think that there's any one thing that's going to um, finally make people see the light, but I think every time something's pushed forward and something else is uncovered, um, that helps get towards the end goal. Correct, yeah. Agree? Yeah. Um so, okay, uh, and we do have other callers on the line here. Um, it's been a busy night over here. Uh, let's see if we can get some of the other callers on. Um, and don't forget, our caller number is 646-915-8117. That's 646-915-8117. Um, we have, uh, let's see, um, okay, that we we have a number of people on the line here. Uh, so if you'd like to ask a question, just press the number one button, and then we'll know you want to ask a question. Um, so, uh, but so now now we have this case uh, six years later. Okay, and uh, oh, and I have a person texting me here. Okay, uh, he's talking about the law. Okay. The law that the, uh, who was it, a senator, Leslie, who wanted to push through, the name of the law was Amanda Lynn's Law, HB 1580. Okay. Um, And it was indifference to human life. So if if anybody wants to go and look that up, they can find it out. It's Amanda Lynn's Law, and uh, they didn't pass it. Uh, and so, no. according to Leslie, yeah, you, they have to start over again, right? Correct. Um, okay, caller 404, you're on the line? Hi, this is William Bedore. How are you today, Dorian? Hold, hold, hold on, hold, hold on, hold on a second. Um, hold on a second. Uh, let's see. Okay, we have other callers on the line. Hold on. 
Go ahead. William, we'll take the call. Go ahead. Hi, yes, um, I was just calling. Hi, Les, this is William. How are you today? I'm okay. Okay, great. Listen, you're doing you're doing a great job and a great show and very informative. I'm very grateful I was able to at least listen to it. Uh, Dorian, thank you for taking my call. With respect to um, Schiminger's law and uh, Amanda Lynn's law, Les had really rallied a lot of support so that she could garner the necessary votes inside the legislature and, 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 less, and in Albany that allowed this bill to be passed. Amanda Lynn's law should have already been passed in, in New York. New York is the only state that you're prosecuted as a misdemeanor if, you're, if you move a dead body. So if you have a deceased loved one and they're laying on a couch and they fall off the couch, have a heart attack, you can be charged with a felony. However, that's the argument that they put inside the Senate and legislature. However, there is another law that says that if in the event that you're trying to do the right thing, that overrides that law. So Senate, or so Amanda Lynn's law should have already been passed, and it's in codes right now. It's been there since May 28, 2014. That law calls for a Class D felony. They're arguing between the House and the Senate um, on these seven words in the commission of a felony. So because one says one thing and one says the other, both are trying to take credit for something that didn't get passed. It's still a misdemeanor in New York State. And if you don't think so, call the DA out of Niagara County in Niagara Falls who tried to prosecute a man over the same issue. So okay. every time Les ahead, Grill William, turns around, we have other calls. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. Okay, um, does anybody else want to ask a question? Okay, so now, um, Leslie, where are we going to go uh, here with this case? What's your plans? Well, you know, Doreen, I'm willing to go to Colin back. You know that. This is Amanda. I will do anything. But, again, I'm pushed up against a wall every time I turn around. I look for help, they're here, and then they leave. I don't know what to do. I believe making Amanda that poster child for trafficking, um, getting a hold of Dr. Phil, we've Mm -hmm. reached out to so many people. And like you said, um, America's Most Wanted, we we got over 4,000 signatures for America's Most Wanted for Amanda. John Walsh was supposed to get back to us. We never heard back from him. I mean, okay. I don't... Well, go ahead, Leslie, Le- Leslie, sometimes in life, it's, everything's an uphill battle. And 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 the pers- if you keep persisting, eventually you'll hit where you want to be. And and I, I learned from my dad as a kid not to be not to quit. You know, keep if it doesn't work, you keep trying, keep trying until you get it. And it, it didn't work for uh, John Walsh. Let's try Doctor Phil. If it doesn't work, we'll try someone else. Uh, but the, the 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 end game is that something is going to happen that's going to be beneficial, and it's going to bring Amanda into the limelight. So she could be someone that 
eventually down the line, other other children, other other young ladies, other kids will not have the same situation occur to them. So, it's, you know, it's a struggle. And uh, personally, I'll 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 send a letter to um, Dr. Phil. I'll, I'll reach out to to uh, to other uh, other outlets that may be beneficial to to Amanda, but you know there's going to be obstacles and you know there's there's personal interests out there because there's a lot of interconnections that do not bring on their interest because that, that makes a lot of money for them. So I take into account all these things, but you just can't give up and say, well. That's it. But we just continue and have and look outside of Buffalo. I think that's the primary focus. You should just do not focus on on doing anything in Buffalo because that is totally dead as far as, far as I'm concerned. Getting anything done on behalf of yeah. Amanda. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, and and uh, ho- hopefully we can get somebody down here. She needs an attorney to uh, uh, overturn the uh, autopsy so the investigation can go forth. And um, uh, so so then they can continue. And does anybody else have anything to add? Uh, okay. So Ruben, do you? Uh, you do you did you also um, take a look at the human trafficking within the United States? I know you mentioned the portals, but yeah, maybe I mean, like we, which cities are have high numbers here? Well, the the, the cities that that are that that have a border, uh, cities within you know like the the Mexican border, uh, the okay. Canadian border. You know, you you have. And some of them, some some come through the, the Mexican border and go into Arizona, and then some will be trafficked into the big cities like New York City, L.A., Chicago, because those are the major cities where uh, they're going to get the most money for these young ladies who are coming here. So, but I, I think I think the critical part about human trafficking, from what I've learned is that you have to secure the borders because the borders, like I stated before, 800,000 people are trafficked across borders around the world each year. Now, that wow. could mean, yeah, that's a huge number, and that could be, you know, uh, slavery, I mean, domestic workers, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, pro- and prostitution, you know. Can I interrupt Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ruben, Go ahead. Amanda, Amanda's friend that took her to the inner city, Buffalo, lived where she was staying was on the Indian Reservation. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a whole separate entity, which women go on the reservation and disappear. And... Right. I in my from what I understand, I don't know if this is correct, and maybe you can tell me, because that's where she was living, that's why we wanted the case to be heard in Niagara County, and she was in a different country, correct? The Indian Reservation, that's a 
whole separate entity. Exactly. It, it, it definitely. I mean, they're basically their own jurisdiction. They, they, they're their own. That's their own land, and and they basically uh, manage and rule on that land that was given to them by the United States government or handed back to them, uh, whichever way. Some people have different opinions about that, but yes, that that. That case, if it's going to be if it's going to be heard in that jurisdiction, it would be uh, totally different than hearing the case in Erie County, which I believe is is it comprises the, the city of Buffalo, right? Right. Yes. Okay. So, and that's where the influence, the political influence, is at, and that's where you're not going to get anywhere because whoever is the mayor or the legislators, they're going to protect whoever. Relatives of of whatever politicians, uh, brothers or sons or daughters are involved. In, they're gonna they're gonna try and block every step for anyone. You know, so yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so ridiculous because they told me the only way that the FBI could get involved was with the, if Amanda was trafficked to a different country. And I said, well, she was. She lived on the reservation. How do we know that the man from the reservation didn't bring her into the, well, we know he brought her into the city, but do we know if she was murdered in the city or murdered on the reservation? No, we don't. Right. Right. Because you haven't been able to wow. get any, any, any. You haven't been able to get any, any documentation on on, on what happened to her, right? Nothing at all. Not even nothing. 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 So. So uh, yeah, I, let me ask you, you like when Ruben, when when um, you have a case like that, because Adam Patterson was on the reservation, um, was, uh, you know, and he was also connected with this crime. Now, suppose he was charged. Um, it, it's, it's like charging somebody in a different country? In other words... Yeah, um, the, Indian, the, the Indian reservations are basically... Uh, the, the U.S. government is not supposed to be able to go into that jurisdiction. I mean, it's, that's sacred. See? And that and that's only uh that the, the rules and, and they're governed by their own rules. That's my understanding. Okay, but what if you need them for a crime that they committed outside the reservation? Then are they supposed to turn him over? They're supposed to I, I, I and again, I'm not I'm not as knowledgeable about that aspect, so I believe that they're supposed to. Um but that's that's I think the, the 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 U.S. government is supposed to have a warrant, or uh, in order to, for that to be accomplished. But I do not know, so I I, I really don't like to say something right. that I'm not really okay. really sure about. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so uh, well, okay. So then, I, I believe that the police on the reservation are supposed to turn them over in a case like that. Um. But well, the, okay, the police so, aren't allowed on the reservation. 
but the but the police the um, police who are on the reservation themselves, you know, amongst the Indian tribes. Um, yeah, I, I can I can tell you I can tell I can tell you about the king uh, in, in Alaska. In Alaska, when uh, the Alaskan troopers, they have to get permission to go into some of these reservations, Eskimo re- reservations over there, natives. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm not 100% sure about down here in, in the U.S. I mean, how what's the policy to if if they have a a criminal or convict who's in the reservation. And he was he committed a crime outside of the reservation. How that takes place, I'm not sure. I can find out. Yes, because he lawyered up apparently right away. But then when they told me, you know, I said, "Well, wait a minute. There's really a conflict here. Amanda lived on the reservation. He took her to the inner city. How do we know where or when this crime was committed?" Right. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Um, okay, well, I just want to mention this stat that I, I found online. Okay. In 2013, the total annual revenue for trafficking in persons was estimated to be uh, $32 billion in U.S. dollars. So this is how yeah. much money that's involved in this. And in 2005, Patrick Belser of ILO estimated a global annual profit of 31.6 billion. Oh my! So Lord. if that doesn't shock, yes. In 2008, the United States, the I'm sorry, the United Nations estimated nearly 2.5 million people from 127 different countries are being trafficked into 137 countries around the world. And in 2015, the estimated number of victims has risen to 29.8 million people with children representing 26% of the forced labor. So there you go. You have some figures now. And the average cost of human human trafficking victim today uh, is $90. So that's what they pay for them. That's another reason why there's so many advocates in governments that are for open borders, excuse me, who are for basically uh, allowing more people to come into these countries, into our countries, because there's money to be made, and a lot of these individuals are probably involved in human trafficking within the government. Wow. So I just thought I'd bring you those figures there. Um, it's 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 shocking, isn't it? Of, of sure. all the money that's made in this. Yeah. It's, 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 um, yeah. I mean, we've had we've had we've had a we've had a war on poverty. We've had a war on drugs. I'm still waiting for a war on human trafficking. That's right. I have not. I've not heard that phrase. No, no, right. Neither right, I. right, right. And we can, so if it if there's any way or any any way we can make Amanda a poster child, 
make this worldwide, make people aware of it, have advocates to speak on human trafficking, which I don't believe there are many because you're stepping on everybody's feet and they're going to try to block you. Well, like I said, Leslie, you know, they can put obstacles along the way. We just got to keep pushing pushing ahead, you know, and I, I think, I think um, I, I will try and, and see if I can get in contact with someone with, within Dr. Phil and, 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 you know, I'll keep trying and trying, you know, eventually they may respond or they may not, um, but, you know, we just got to keep pushing ahead, you know, and, 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 and um, eventually someone will come out of the, out of the woodwork and and say you know what this is a great cause and I'm 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 going to to do something about it that can that can happen yeah and I Why? just want to read a, a comment here um, much of the trafficking comes from China and Mexico Brazil Argentina and Uruguay mm-hmm. and um, yeah and y- you know what since we're on this topic uh, do you all remember a case Natalie Holloway I Leave was her last yeah. name. Natalie okay. Holloway, uh, she she was from Alabama, and she was in the Caribbean, and um, yeah, she she was basically never seen. She disappeared. Okay. Absolutely. So, um, yes, it could be that she was a victim of trafficking. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and. Um, because we never found her body. We never found anything. Although the right. person of interest, Jorn Vandersloot, um, went to another country and he was um, uh, he had committed a crime in another country. And, it was in uh, Peru. It was in Peru. He's, he's currently in, in uh, a Peruvian prison in Lima, Peru. Oh, okay. So he's actually serving time. Yes, he is. Um, what is yeah. he serving time for, Ruben? He's serving time for killing a a, a very young Peruvian young lady. My God! Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, it's so, but he got away with the murder in um, in in Aruba. And it yes, almost it sounds like a, a, a case like in Buffalo because I believe his father was a judge there. Okay. Oh, his father, his father and, and, had a lot of influence in uh, in Aruba. Yes. So, so it kind of sounds like Leslie's case here a little bit. Somebody with a little influence is influencing the justice. Right. Right. A- again, uh, you have to go outside of your. Outside of the jurisdiction where you live, because you know there nowadays the level of corruption is out of control, and, and, and one or two or five individuals trying to make a change on that it's not going to happen. It takes a lot more people to be able to change a system that is corrupt. Right, wow. Katie, what do you think of this as an investigative journalist? What do you think you can do? Um, okay, hold on. Did we lose Katie? 
Katie, are you there? Uh, okay, I think we lost Katie for the night, but uh, I will answer that one. Um, I will say that we have to keep um, keep this story alive. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what we can do. And we, if we continue to keep the story alive, then we will keep them on their toes. Um, and, you know, and that's what journalists do. And, um, folks, I'm going to tell you, we are almost out of time. Yeah. Okay. I still see callers on here. Uh, okay. However, um, we're having a little trouble with blog talk tonight. Sometimes when there's too many people on the line, it doesn't, um, yes, this is William I, I'm listening to this. It's a very, very informative show, and I'm hoping that you're able to reach a lot of people, especially with respect to exactly what Les Brill is talking about. She's spot on um, with respect to all of the events, causes, and determination that happened to her daughter. And if anybody's more informed about what happened to her daughter, this is a mother who was very much involved in her daughter's life. So... It, you can lose a child very quickly. I mean, here's a woman who, who is raising her children, who is accounting for all of her children, who's involved with all of her children, and then one of them disappears. One day, and we have, we have prior knowledge to know that an individual, a person of interest, a person who definitely was involved with her every day, knew and had a prior confrontation with Amanda, threatened her on Thanksgiving Day, and Amanda tried to keep it all hush-hush because of the abuse syndrome. So when you, when you hear of somebody being pimped as she was being pimped, then that's a psychological abuse where it's control over a human being for sexual exploitation to make money and to put her on the reservation, which is tribal territory, that she was not able to, uh, Les was not able to get the politicians right. to get to go investigate it. And, and until people start dropping names, you know, everybody's afraid about getting involved. Why, what, is, what are you going to be afraid of? This, do- this happened to her daughter, okay? This happened to Leslie Brill's daughter. And because Leslie Brill's daughter was murdered, and you have an esteemed pathologist out of uh, California who did an exhumation, who, who found the date of death, who know exactly what happened, you had Dr. Scott LaPointe make it very clear that he marked it undetermined. So what does that mean? You go and you back, you go back under the, is it suicide, homicide, undetermined? Or natural. So it doesn't fall under shun because what? It's a homicide. If it's a homicide, then you go back to Erie County and you tell them to open up an investigation. You don't tell them to sit on it from now until the 12th and never. You play right. the recordings that you... So, you know, this bothers me that you folks don't seem to understand that this woman deserves to get justice, but not enough is being done. You can politic on it all you want, but the fact of the matter is when it's one of your own... You will definitely not be on the phone. You'll be over there demanding justice in City Hall. Right, right. I know. Right. I, 
I did right. the research on this. There's no doubt in right. my mind that, that this girl was murdered. So when you hear your people say, I'll go get a hold of Dr. Phil, how come his phone ain't ringing right now? Right. Uh, okay. Thank you, William. Um, okay. Uh, folks, we are out of time. Okay. And I'd like to thank our callers for calling in tonight. Um, and we're going to continue with this case uh, and with the with the um, human trafficking. And uh, stay tuned for um, next week where we bring Kim Thatcher. She's the Oregon State Representative. She will be coming on. She she will be discussing issues such as Common Core and um, uh, the, the uh, Second Amendment. So that's next Tuesday at 9 p.m. And I'd like to thank our callers for calling in. Thank you, Ruben. Okay, uh, okay. you're welcome. Thank you, Leslie. Yeah, well, thank we'll, you. Be, we'll, we'll be in touch. And we'll be in touch. Please. Yes. Please. Uh, yes. And thank you, everybody else. Okay. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Okay.